I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. You're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Repeticulture Network. Because we're live. Welcome, everybody. It's episode 135 Snakes and Stogies. Uh, Just brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out. You need a cage, you need a rack. Blackbox is where it's at. Check them out. I'm I'm working on some new shirts. I printed one. The back design is pretty cool, but I'm not going to reveal that yet. We'll, we'll, We'll do that at a later date. So build the anticipation. That's right. Um, and my other one, like I had worn it so much that it was it was getting worn out. So I was at work and I had some downtime. So I made me a new one. And uh, yeah, so check them out. Blackboxcages.com, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. And then Puget Sound Pythons, Jeff and Kendra, check them out as well. Facebook and Instagram. Um, don't know if they posted anything for sale yet. Yeah, see, even Doc's like, he gets confused too. <laughs> And uh, check them out. See, I'm sure I think Morph Market is where they're likely going to post a lot of their stuff. I just posted two bear drats on Morph Market, and someone has emailed me about them. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, so if you're interested, hit me up. Phil should sell the Loma Altas live during the show for Justin. Yeah, I would. So, I would do that. I have some corns that are going to go up soon, too. I just need to get some more meals in them. Some some nice Ultramel stuff. Uh, Ultramel Annery stuff from Paint Shab. Um, some other odds and ends. One of my het ghost tesseras that I produced from the Ladies Island ghost tessera pairing. So, um, and all of the thorn scrub rats are going to be for sale soon too because I cannot wait to get those out of my house. So, nice. To anyone's interested in those? Yet or no? I haven't seen. <clears throat> huh? I was saying, did Chris take the parents home yet or no? No, the parents are up with uh, Ryan Dumas. Ah, okay. You said thorn scrub rats? Yeah, thorn scrub rats. The Emory Eye Mealmorum. Huh. Man. Man, things change so much so fast. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, too much old school taxonomy burned our brains. <laughs> well, and if you're not in the hobby, then like all the different morphs and variations and stuff like that, it's, you know, every week there's something new created oh yeah oh yeah well thorn scrubs are just oversized emery eye that hate the world and everything around it so (laughs) i see all right their babies are no exception (laughs) and uh i bred them i it was fun while it lasted but i'm you know they're they're cool and all but i'm i'm good i've I've had my lifetime fill of of emery eye but Dumas was was very surprised that that female was proven because he said she's like half the size of his female. Really? Which I don't. I've only seen pictures of like big thorn scrubs, so I don't really have anything to to go off of. You know, um, they are locality. They are uh, the babies are F one Nueces County. Both mom and dad are from Nueces County. And um, yeah, there's five of them. They come out huge. I think three of the five have eaten already. They just had their first shed, so I offered meals. Three of them took. I have not sexed them yet. That'll be fun. 
Is yes, it squirmy, squirmy and angry. Um, so I'll probably wait until this weekend just to try and pop them and, and whatnot, just because they have meals in them now, and I don't want to get those meals back. So <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, Do it all over again. Yeah, yeah. So other than that. Not a whole lot happening over here. Um, cool down is happening in a couple months already, which is just wild. A couple weeks. Crazy. Summer flew by. I should say. It did. Uh, it demanded. It feels like it was just yesterday that I was starting to pair stuff up. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm trying to bulk stuff up for uh, the, the, the quote-unquote Florida winter. <laughs> so... But uh, Justin, do we want to do like a like a legitimate introduction of our cohort tonight? I mean, considering he's one of my favorite academics around, that is very true. And he very started true. my he 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 sparked my my obsession with with Herpin in China because there's so much cool stuff, and no right, one right. like China's no one even thinks about it. Yeah. No one thinks of China as a herping destination. Yeah, man. And it 100% is. Well, for those of you fighting the lag tonight, we are joined by Dr. Kevin Messenger. Hi, hi. It's me. Hello. Yeah, the uh, one of the coolest books, I can confidently say one of the coolest books in my library, because I have books in French, I have books in German, I have books in English with a little bit of German, but this is the first book I've ever had that a hurt book that is in legitimately two languages. Yeah. And that's I, just so cool. I mean, I, I forget which, I think it was the, the reptiles and amphibians of Yucatan, which is in Spanish and English. And that kind of gave me the idea to do this. And on top of my, um, my own uh, frustrations with having a, an English book and pointing at, you know, a, a sentence or something and, to my friends and my colleagues in China and them saying, sorry, I can't read that. It's like, okay, that doesn't help very much. Yep. That's a snake. All right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that it's awesome that you have it like, I don't say transcribed, but it's, it's legitimately written in both languages. So instead of me trying to like take pictures with my phone and put it in Google translate or like now Google translate has like the live translate, so you just yeah. like hover the phone camera over it and it instantly does it for you. Oh, nice. Yeah, so like I have a I have a French book on the snakes of western uh of West Africa and a lot of it is very very basic and like you can kind of decipher what they're saying and obviously you know what species you're looking at and what area you're looking at cuz you know the names of the animals, you know the scientific names, you know the cities and the and the areas and territories and stuff, but the the in between, like the 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 meat and potatoes, you, you can't get unless you do that well i can't because i don't speak french but i i loved how i didn't have to do that with your book but it was still there if i wanted to yeah 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 a lot of the the chinese books that i have you know i can i can read the very basic words like um distribution or habitat or length and then of course you'll get some or reproduction and then you'll get some numbers in there so you're like okay if it's reproduction and then there's some numbers Obviously, that refers to egg clutches, but you know it's a lot of guesswork on my behalf. So I wanted to not have any guesswork, mm-hmm. obviously in my in my book. 
Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of odd, like the the timing of you know that book being released, and then we did an episode with you, uh, not long after the release of that, and then that was about the same time that I got my hands on my Dion's and my buy my Kilata. Well, this was actually a little bit after that because I had those two by Maculata originally that did not do well. That ended poorly because I ended up giving you one of the yeah. cadavers in yeah. the jar. Yeah. And uh-huh. uh, yeah. I got, that's when I was given the Dion's and the by Maculata. So that was after that. So that was already one of those things where it's like you would, you would sort of, after reading the book and then seeing them and then i think i mentioned them to loafman and loafman was like yeah i got some check it out and you know he sent me a baby and then i got adults and i was like it's just it's just really cool like it's just odd the timing of the whole thing that's cool so um oh cool i didn't know you wrote a review well damn yeah man i need to figure out where that is um okay okay um yeah, a, f- a friend of mine uh, here in in North Carolina, he has a male and female king rat, which you know we talked about. They're one of my favorite uh, Asian rat snakes. Um, I think next year he might try to breed them. I think I forget which sex is slightly smaller, and he's obviously worried about um, one of them eating the other. Yeah, if they're not fed. So, but I'm hoping next year uh, he might get around to. Uh, to breeding them because I would love to eventually get my own king rat here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Jake, Jake had one for a while, and that was a cool snake, man. I at the time I didn't appreciate them, but seeing how popular they're getting and seeing them at shows and stuff, it's like okay, that's a that's a pretty sweet snake. I love them, and especially if you can get one that's tame, which you know most of them are not. But there was one wild one uh, that I caught that was dog tame. Like I, I tried to get her to get defensive for photos and she just, she was a puppy. She would not, not mess with me whatsoever. Well, my, my late mentor had the stinking goddesses and uh, they didn't musk or hiss or nothing. They were just chill. So I okay. think I got spoiled with that because I've had plenty of other friends have them. That was not the case. Yeah, <laughs> so. no. Um, you know, usually whenever I, and messing around with snakes, I would rather get bit than get musked. And when you hear the term stinking goddess for a snake, then, you know, that's very off-putting. I would much rather a king yeah. rat bite me than than musk all over me with yeah, their extra large anal mm-hmm. glands. <laughs> well, it's interesting, too, because you have those, and then you have, um, like, the David Eye, Mm-hmm. which are almost if you see the david eye they're like a weird combination between sort of the traditional laffe and those like they have the larger eyes and they kind of have the same head structure but they're smaller and they kind of look more like i guess not necessarily dion's but like that sort of clay that sort of stouter ish yeah. i don't well also don't it's the brow line there's that, that yeah. ominous brow line they're also you know both uh King rats and um, David Eye, they're both rough scaled, like heavily rough scaled, which is weird because most rat snakes are not heavily rough scaled. But, you know, the weird thing, in my opinion, for most king rats is their uh, elliptical pupil. And I was uh, Scott uh, Francis. You probably know Francis. He's a big rat snake guy. 
Um, let me um, find his last name if it's even listed here. Francis. Oh, it's French, so I can't pronounce it. Cosquieri. Anyway, uh, he was talking about some uh, other rat snakes that had that. And he mentioned a, it's either a Japanese rat, I think it's a Japanese rat snake um, that also has the elliptical pupil. And he, he sent us a picture and man, like you can tell like just in the face that both Carinata and this, this other rat snake, they're strongly related to each other. And obviously yeah. David, I, I think that those three are super close to to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Something else that I didn't realize was as keeled as they are because we were at Daytona and Billy Hunt had some at his table were Russian rats. Like I yeah. finally oh, got yeah. to got to play with a Russian rat and I took one out and I was like really not expecting them to be as heavily keeled as they are. Like when you see pictures, you don't really see that that scalation. No. And I got in my hands and I was I was very surprised because I, I was expecting them to be much more glossy than than they were. Yeah, I mean, they look like king snakes, basically, eastern kings, so they, you kind of think they might... I, I, like come that. to think of it, I think Billy's adults are the only adults of I've ever played with, because all the ones that I'd ever seen in the past were like hatchlings at a show, you know, because I've never owned them. And they feel... I, I feel like they feel different as babies, because obviously the scales are smaller, you know, and then holding Billy's, like, totally different. Yeah, I've never... Tried to get him to sell me one for a hundred bucks, he wouldn't do it. Hmm. I've never held a uh, full-grown Russian rat, but you know, I had a I caught a full-grown anomala, mm -hmm. which depending on the literature, they're you know currently I think they're separated right now. Um, Alafi anomala instead of Alafi shrinkii anomala. Um, but at one point they were the subspecies within the Russian rat group. And I don't remember that individual being very rough scaled, but man, I really want to get back to Northeastern China and find a proper um, Russian rat. And when I went to um, South Korea, yeah, yeah, but, well, hold on. I was going to say, I think that one image was mine, but it's not. Ah, yeah, they're so cool. I love Anomala. And I, I love Russian rats, but I've never caught one. Do you I want like your personal? There's mine. That's one of my images right there. Mm -hmm. The one that the says province. What I believe they should be separate. Yeah. But the one of the big um, issues is on the Korean Peninsula, where the two supposedly come together, and mm -hmm. there's just a big, huge. Which photo uh, was yours, Doc? Uh, on the far left, to the left of that one. Yep, that one. Oh, nice. There you go. Very cool. Yeah, that's the one I caught on the Great Wall. Uh, yeah, he's actually the individual on the cover of the book. Oh, nice. Awesome. Dude, it looks like a totally different animal from the cover. Well, that's because he was opaque. Yeah. And I, I knew he was going to shed in the next day or two, so we held on to him until nice. he shed. That's awesome. But yeah, yeah. I just I was curious about that. I don't know with taxonomy sort of being what it is, and um, I'm not a geneticist. Evolving. I have lots of friends that are. 
Um, you know, it seems like one year they suggest one thing and then the next year it goes back to the way it was. And I don't know. It's, it can be very frustrating at times. Like if you, if you adopt changes too quickly and say, okay, yep, uh, we'll go with the newest thing. And then, you know, you up, you make all your books with that new updated information. Two years later, they're like, oh, sorry, we used the wrong methodology or something. And the previous way was actually correct. So I am very conservative in adopting changes to names. I try to let them sit for at least, you know, five years before mm-hmm. I accept that name, let it go through scrutiny before, um, before I accept it. But how can you look at rhino rats and be like, yep, yeah, those are, those are Ganya Soma. All right. Like without oh. a doubt. No, I was not happy whatsoever with rhino rats being Gunisoma. Like, what, what they were Rhinchophis. And, and, oh, 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 yeah. So I meant to talk about this too. Um, so what was also unfortunate the year that, you know, we did the, that first podcast, which was the year the book came out. I think it was, I don't know, we did it maybe in May of 21. And the book came out in March of 21. Well, that same, year in the summer of 21 uh they discovered like three or four new species of rat snakes in china i was like oh yeah you know one of them was like an offshoot of uh either dion's or bimaculata uh one of them well that one i don't think has been published yet i think that's the the four out when i said the three or the four um i might have sent you pictures of it one of them is a split off of the rhino rat and basically it's the population from Hainan Island has been determined to be a new species. Whereas all the species in mainland China, Vietnam, that is, that's the original. And then the one on Hainan Island is its own thing. But the distinction between the two other than genetics is the Hainan Island one. uh, The postocular stripe is um, diminished. And, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's. Oh, and it has like an extra L'Oreal scale. Yeah, and I see. I said that, and then our our so our buddy uh, Zach, Kevin, um, he has he got some what were supposed to be the Hynanensis, and he was sending me pictures of the facial scalation and stuff. And we looked at them compared to mine, and we both had that extra L'Oreal scale. So I don't. I don't know. We were looking at it and we were like for probably like a half hour, we were sending pictures back and forth to one another, like really zoomed in and like circled and like trying to figure it out. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, that's a really, really minute. It is distinction. And, you know, uh, the, the one that my friend found up in uh, Northern China in Sanxi province, that one is fully straight on legit. It, it basically looks like a, a protobothrops jordani it's a it is a jordani mimic and that one was amazing yeah that's easily one of the coolest snakes to be that found was, in the last yeah that was years plus. when, when he sent ever. me that picture i was like holy shit i can't believe that i mean and and what sucks for me is you know a lot of my initial china work was in a province uh just south and east of there i was maybe oh i would have to look at a map to see the the actual miles, but 
I was probably within 150 miles of that location because Jordan and I is all over the place where, where I do a lot of my work and I've never seen such a snake. And I'm sure all the local people in that Sanchi province location where that snake was found, you know, every time they saw that snake, they probably just assumed it was a Jordan eye and they probably just, you know, ran away because it's venomous. But, you know, you put a herpetologist there and he sees a Jordan eye catches it and he's like holy shit this is not a jordanai this is a this is a rat snake and how does it you know it's just to find something that new and that distinct it doesn't happen very often yeah that's what baffles me about the whole thing is the fact that you know it's 2022 2021 2020 whatever and there's still species like that that are so unique and sort of novel that we haven't even that no one's seen, no one's come across, at yeah. least they're documented. And it's like, it's crazy that I, it gives me a little bit of hope, at least like they're still oh, finding yeah. stuff, like stuff still out there to be found that we haven't like, you know, we haven't done it all. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think there's maybe at least a new species uh, or uh, a new subspecies of protobothrops out there in China, maybe a new species. I guess it kind of depends on, you know, the genetics that are ran, but that's been one of my main goals once I get back is to uh, go search for it. In 2019, I went there for, I don't know, two, three or four days, which wasn't enough of a search effort, but I just wanted to get the ballpark of the location. We didn't find anything, but, um, you know, my intentions were in 2020 to do it, but of course, all of my intentions for 2020, 2021, 2022 have gone out the window. Yeah. Yeah, we know what you mean. Now, going back to that one mimic, yeah, I remember you vividly telling us that a lot of the Jordani were in like rock, I don't want to say piles. Yeah, but, rock piles, yeah. Okay. Was that mimic in similar terrain? Like was it filling I... the same role or so my my friend uh Jin Song, he's the main author of the uh, i think he's the first author of the paper but he was one of the guys involved um he's the one that sent me the picture um i think he sent me a habitat shot because i you know told him obviously for my second edition of the rat snake book i need to have that in there which i've already started working on the second edition because there's some other complaints like people wanted um the tias genus in the book even though they're not really related to a Laffy, but the book does say, you know, uh, Asian rat snakes. And right. They're I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so right now I think I'm adding like uh, 12 new species entries to the second edition. Awesome. Um, Is it anyway. just going to cover the Patias on like mainland or are you going to branch out and do like. Anything that's close to the border, I'm okay. going to add in because okay. you could easily just spill over into the border sure you know, okay so like just, northern thai and stuff like that yeah yeah okay. yeah exactly um but so i think when i told jin song i wanted to add that species i think he sent me a habitat shot so um i'll have to go back to my other computer and take a look and if so i'll um i'll let you know for your personal curiosity but uh yeah at absolutely. the moment i don't know It'd be a hell of a cohab enclosure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, when he sent that picture to me, I was like, I hope you guys are going to name it um, 
Giordoni, Giordoni Oides. I don't know. You know, Oides means yeah. uh, looks like. That would be cool, man. That'd be it very was. cool. But he's but he said they had already uh, sent the name in. Damn. What was the? Do you remember the name or no? Yeah, it's uh, Zyphon Danta. Zifa Danta. Um, let me see what. Get Rafi Z. Yeah, because the dentition is really really different compared it to is. other other rats, other snakes. It's, um, it's more similar to Oligodon, which okay. uh, you know they're. Back teeth are shaped kind of like kukri machetes, kukri knives, and zephodonta uh, is similar to that. So I think it means blade tooth. Is oh, what that's cool. Zephodonta translates to. Still cool. Still cool. Yeah, which for a rat snake, you know, that's very um, unique as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my buddy Henry, I was telling you about the uh, with when we when you and I were talking yesterday. Um, you know, he's saying, I, I'm going to butcher this name. He says a ton of new stuff is being found oh. in Lingjiang. Is that, did I say that right? Yingjiang. Okay. Yingjiang. Um, is that in, so I know of a Yingjiang in um, Hainan, Hainan Island. Maybe that, I mean, there's probably a whole yeah. bunch of places yeah. with that name, but. Okay. But that's the only one that I know of in Hainan. And yeah, okay. Hainan is, is a tropical Rainforest essentially, it's uh, below the tropic line, so yeah, yeah. there's he's lots say, of he's saying it's in Yunnan, okay, I can believe that too. And yeah, yeah, Yunnan, so Yunnan, southern Yunnan is there's a ton of species that only occur in southern Yunnan that have more similarity with uh, Thailand and Laos and Vietnam, Myanmar. Um, you know, you can almost draw a line where there's a lot of those species that reach their northern limit in southern Yunnan. And um, and, that, and yeah. that's mostly a higher elevation, too, and like more uh, coniferous. Western Yunnan is high elevation, but south and east Yunnan is very low. OK, very tropical, extremely tropical. Yeah, I know. Henry was showing me some of the kings that come out of, I guess it'd be western Yunnan and just like. Alpine King. Okay. Yeah, yeah, western Western Yunnan that borders uh, Myanmar. Uh, that's high elevation uh, desert usually. Very cool. Yeah, I, I've never been to Yunnan. I really, really want to go. Uh, one of my friends, um, he works in Shishuang Bana, which, if you look at a map of China, you'll see this tiny little leg of southern Yunnan uh, that basically goes between Laos and Vietnam. Um, and, you know, they have elephants there. They have just a ton of cool species. And there's this big, huge botanical garden research station that it's just full of diversity. And I've always wanted to go there. Never have. That's awesome. It's, it's got to be the next trip, man. It's a big country. I don't It's I feel like you could, you could spend half a lifetime just you can. going across it, you know. You can, which is, you know, one of the reasons I accepted the job because I can spend my career there. Trying yeah, to forgive my ignorance, but it's it's slightly larger overall than the United States, right? Um, if you include Alaska, I don't think so. But if you okay. include just continental U.S. and yeah. continental uh, China, um, then yeah, I think it's very slightly larger. Very interesting. You just yeah, think about how much diversity we have, and then 
we don't even know half of because we're just so many people aren't looking at it in that regard you know yeah everyone's got to get on google earth and i naturalist tonight (laughs) yeah well that's actually too that's a good good opportunity to talk about this because you were on a uh was it pingles show not that long ago yeah yeah maybe a month ago talking about those frogs that you guys found behind a the hotel behind the hotel yeah i thought that was that was the coolest freaking thing that i had heard in a long time man yeah that was a that was a weird um a weird find and and the hotel itself you know the wizard of oz resort was the name of the hotel and and yeah you know um amel from you know he was work at the time working in south korea he's from france grew up in madagascar but you know did all his um career in uh, South Korea. And so he was coming down to China to um, do some surveys for some hyla, some tree frogs. And I wanted to go to that region of China to look for new Megafrius frogs, which, you know, I just described that other Megafrius, Megafrius umbrophila um, back in 2019. So I wanted to go to the same region. So I'm looking for Megafrius. He's looking for hyla. And I just hear that one call off in the distance that I'm like, you know, that is not Megafrius. It's not any species of frog that I've ever heard in any of the places in China that I've been to. And, you know, waved him over, called him over. I'm like, we need to find out what's making that sound. And yeah, it was that, that Curie's Alice that, you know, their next closest relatives were 700 kilometers away. And it's awesome. Yeah. So, that's why we gave it the name Inexpectatus because it was very <laughs> unexpected. Super cool. Let me, try, let me try and pull up a picture. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, you might be able to. I wish I should have uploaded one to Flickr. I don't know if I did or not. There should be a picture on um, my Facebook, though, on my wall. It was. It's, it's still Hyla, right? Oh no, it's Curie's Alice. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Amel was looking for Hyla. I was looking for Megafrius, but we found Curie's Alice. K U. You guys. Go, Go ahead. ahead. I was just going to spell it if he was doing a search for the word. Yeah, no, I've got him. I'm just trying to find oh, okay. the uh, the the new one. So you guys didn't have time to, to look around more. Mm-hmm. In in expectatus, like okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what'd you say about you guys didn't have time to to sort of investigate more in that area to see if you could find more of them? Or well, and so uh, what we did, which I approve of. Um, so at the time, Amel, uh, which I didn't even know this was an option. You know, he's he's a geneticist, and so we would just take um, Q-tips, take buccal swabs of all the specimens get their DNA that way. So that way we didn't have to kill them. And then we could go ahead and test the samples. And if they proved to be something new, then we would go back and take specimens that would need to be euthanized to become museum specimens. Um, So at the time, no, we just took photographs and took buccal swabs. And then once we said, yep, they are something new, uh, I was busy with another project, so I sent um, one of my interns down there to collect the 10 specimens. I got it. I forgot the X. Uh. 
I was like, it's giving me, it's giving me half frogs, half like a uh, Windows programming code. <laughs> Here we go. Yep, yep, yep. That's the that's the image right there on the left, and yeah, yeah, that's the big one. That's the big image. Super cool. And and they are very closely related, especially in appearance, to uh, a species on Taiwan. Um, but you know, everything else is different other than just simply looking like it. So one of the things I like about, uh, distinguishing frogs compared to snakes and lizards and anything else is, you know, since frogs have a call, whenever we do our analysis, you know, we do a, a morphometric analysis. So we take body measurements, we take a genetic analysis. So we look at its DNA and then we take an acoustic analysis and basically look at its call and how does its call differ from its relatives. You know, if the call is the same, then it's probably the same species. Super cool. Very, very cool. So I like just having three independent sources of um, verification, I guess you can call it. Yeah. And it's an animal that you can actually do that with. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Very impressive. But yeah, that, that was a fun, that was a fun trip. Most of the expeditions are fun, which is why I'm anxious to get back. Yeah. So what's, what's specifically going to be on the radar for your next trip? I have, I have several things on my to-do list. Um, of things I want to check out, you know, I want to check out the Proto-Bothrops. Uh, there's another region in southwestern Hunan province where a friend of a friend, and I don't know how much I trust him, but based on his description, it at, at a minimum, it sounds interesting. Um, it sounds like something I want to investigate. But he was trying to suggest that he found, you're familiar with Monkshinensis, right? Protobothrops, the Mongshan pit viper? Of course, of course. Yeah. All right. So this friend of a friend says that he found Mongshanensis some 300 miles north and west of where they are normally found. And one of our um, theories has always been, you know, are these guys really um, isolated to the one Mongshan mountain range? Or is it just because people haven't been sampling these other mountain ranges. And this guy said that he's, he's an American and he said that he went to China specifically to look for Mongshanensis. I forget what year this was. Um, is Smitty having issues with his internet or is yeah, it? Yeah, no, it's, he's having, he's having issues with his, he's been having issues. So okay. I just, he'll be, he'll jump back in. Don't worry about it. That's fine. I wasn't sure if, <laughs> if I was also, um, no, uh, you're good. He, he actually, when it spins like that, I'm pretty sure he can still hear us. So, uh, like the last time it was spinning, yeah, he jumped back in. So we're good. Okay. Um, and so, so yeah, this guy went to China specifically for Mongshanensis, and he went to this other location. And he, you know, I have all the information for this other location. And um, you know, my first question was like, well, if you're looking for Mongshanensis, why did you go to that location? Because it's 300 miles away from the known location. Yeah. 
And he described, um, he described the mountain, he described the river, he described, you know, he's like, yeah, just pretend they are timber rattlesnakes. You know, you go to the top of the mountain, you go to a nice open area and you'll find them basking. Um, and of course, it's kind of like a, uh, a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot sighting where I'm like, okay, you know, everything you sound, you are mentioning sounds legit. You know, can you send me a picture? And he's like, man, I'm moving from North Carolina to Colorado. You know, I packed all my memory cards into cardboard boxes, moving boxes, and I haven't been able to find them. And if your whole purpose for going to China was to find that snake, it would be all over your Facebook. Yeah, or or you'd have multiple copies of those images. So it's just really suspect. But at the same time, you know, I have the exact location and he's like, no, it's and I sent him pictures of, you know, Jordan. I I thought maybe he might be misidentifying it as a Jordan. I don't know how you could misidentify a Monchonensis and a Jordan. But um, he's like, no, no, it's none of those. None of those. So that's one. The the new Jordan I subspecies, that's another. Um, I think there might be a new Boiga, which I'd like to get samples of. Very um, cool. I was recently, I found a new Calamaria, which is a reed snake, um, or at least what I think was a new one. But I think earlier this year or maybe last year, somebody else already described it. No surprise. I mean... You know, I had pictures of it from 2019, but it was a single individual. And then obviously since 2019, I haven't been back. Um, so I haven't been able to follow up on that, whereas local people are able to follow up on that. Um, there's still four new Megafrius frogs that I need to describe from Jiangxi province. Um, it's, it's just the list goes on and on. And, you know, that's one of the things I love about it. I gotta be honest. I've I've fallen subject to wild goose chases on too many times in my herping career to really like to really fall for them. If now, if that makes sense, and it's always been from people that I believe they saw it, but I don't believe that they're sending me to where they saw it. Ah, good point. Yeah, and uh, like for example, I, probably maybe a year or two ago, I had a guy tell me, "Oh, you want to find this." Uh, it's on this road at this time of day. Take this road, go down, you'll hit dirt. At the end of the dirt road, there's a canal, like vivid, right? Yeah. I followed the instructions to a T. You know where it was? There was no canal. It was a fish and wildlife check station. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, totally. I mean, obviously, I wasn't breaking the law, but it was just like the the arrogance yeah. of the goose chase. Yeah. It just killed me. So like after that, I was like, you know what? I'm done with goose chases. But if you're going to be in the area, yeah, I would totally go to that other mountain. I mean, and, and, and dude, even if, even if you don't up. find anything at all, you, you get to, who it's knows? It place. could be another mimic. Yeah. It, yeah. It could be another mimic. Yeah. It's still a new location. It's a place I've never been to. You know, I will simply go to a new mountain range that I've never been to simply to just do a standard survey. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, uh, I have no qualms with going to this new location. I'm definitely not going to expect a new population of Mangshan vipers right. or a new species of viper. Um, but I'm still curious to, to check out the location. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, man, I, I, I like we were just saying, don't get your hopes up, but I wouldn't totally write it off. I mean, there's been crazier things found and crazier things, you know, uh, uh, realized, if you will. You know what I mean? So who knows? It could it could be another population, could be a new species. I, I've actually seen it where uh, what, what the hell was it? I don't know if it was a, a turtle species or something. Somebody was recently telling me about how there's this one area that like never had any turtles and then turtles magically appeared and everyone was like, Oh my God, the ecosystem's fixing itself. And it turns out that like, no, it was the farmer down the street. He's like, I don't know where all the turtles went. So I just put more in there. And it's like, <laughs> and like they're native turtles, but still it's the same point. Like who knows? Somebody could have stuck some mangs up there. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very true. So I just now realized, um, you know, on the right hand side is again, I'm going to apologize for this being my first live show uh i just saw all the comments there's a little tab where you can click on the comments oh yeah absolutely so, so i'm just now seeing all these comments that people are talking about yeah um, you know henry martinez says if you want to go to Bana, i might be able to have a hookup oh yeah um so i just H- henry's start- our man not in asia <laughs> <laughs> he knows everybody man it's crazy that's cool that's cool yeah. um uh, yeah, sorry, that sidetracked me for half a second. No, it's cool, man. It's cool. That's what it's um, there for, you know? Uh, so what was the last statement you were mentioning? No, we were just we were just shooting the breeze about, you know, definitely go to the mountain, and if the mangs are there, great. And if there's nothing there, oh, well, at least you went. You know? yeah, 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 for sure. I, I plan to, yeah. Yeah. To. Absolutely. And just going back to what we were talking about uh, on Hainan, like – uh recently there was a uh, a a lapse not a lapse there wasn't a lot of hainan rats available and then something happened whether it was somebody you know reposted the paper or what and all of a sudden they were all over the place and really expensive and uh-huh. i just thought that was funny that you had mentioned you know that that they had made it its own thing and whatever yeah yeah yeah, no, and I think um, Smitty is that. I, I was yeah. Matt, but he prefers Smitty. Okay, so Smitty, um, uh, he said that a friend of his has some images of a uh, specimen from Hainan, captive. Yeah. I guess I would I'm love sure. to figure out whoever that is, and I would love to, you know, do another photo shoot. You know, I, I drove down to. Smitty's place in South Carolina and did a photo shoot with some of his uh, juvenile Boiga. Yeah. Um, because I went to Hainan Island once. I found a DOR um, rhino rat. Mm-hmm. So I obviously, you know, that's not a high quality photo that you want to add into a book. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody has the Hainan, um, the rhino rats from Hainan Island, I would love to have a photo shoot or simply just get. High quality photos from anybody uh, should yeah. they? Yeah, there's actually a there's a few people that are in the this lives group and everything. I think maybe two or three people actually might have them. So we'll nice. we'll put some feelers out and email some people and try and get those. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, Smitty, you know anyone off the top of your head in our little circle of friends that has the uh, the high nine rhinos? Think he's still having internet troubles. Yeah, he's still lagging. He should just go to um, voice only and don't 
try to do. Um, yeah, because he has you... a few. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, definitely. Doc and, and uh, Kasiki could totally link up. Yeah, I'd love to. Love to see them in person. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Even if they, <clears throat> even if they are legit, which my genetics friend said, he, you know, he, I sent him the paper, and um, he said, yeah, as as flimsy as the evidence is, it's still, it's still legit, is what he yeah. said. So, yeah. Was it a uh, uh, a vast divergence in genetics? No. Or was it? It was not. Okay. It's very minute. And see, it's so interesting that that we base certain things off of how do I phrase this? So like we want to use the genetics, we want to use the, the DNA, you know, but you can't always go off of that because of the percentages of divergence being smaller or greater, right? And like people always talk about like us and chimpanzees, we're one percent different. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, we're definitely not the same creature. Um yeah. And then you know, you look at like we always we always bring up Daniel Natusha's paper on on chondropython, well not chondropython, excuse me, Morelia, right? And uh, fucking showing the age there, right? And uh, it's eleven percent divergence, and it was like, okay, eleven percent—that's a crap load, you know. And it's yeah. like, well, is it really? You know, uh, yeah. obviously, who is yeah. to say? You know, it's right. arbitrary. You know, we create our own um, lines of draw, drawing a line in the sand. Right. Right. Yeah, the, the animals don't know any better. They don't, I guess they do know who they're going to mate with, but. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I, I also, going back to like, we were talking about, you know, taxonomy and naming stuff and like people, I have noticed, and I don't know if it's because I'm paying more attention to it the older I get and I'm more fascinated with it, or if it's just because of social media, like it's always available, readily available. But I've noticed that there's been a lot of, taxonomic changes where they did not rename it they went back to an old uh -huh. original name and they're following like the rules the templates of it you know yeah. and i think I, I appreciate that sincerely you know yeah 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 the, the rules are um you know the first person that gave it that name so if there was a name change and another name was proposed prior to that name change then it goes back to that 1800s yeah. name yeah yeah, yeah they're super cool. I don't know what yeah, I yeah. missed uh, like, in the last 15 minutes. <laughs> What's that? Say it again. He, he missed out on the last 15 minutes. Nah, he didn't miss much. So, um, what yeah. I've missed you in know, the last. Dryophytes, for example. I don't know if you're familiar with them now. So, when I told you that my friend Amel was looking for Hyla, right. um, now all North American Hyla. Are now the genus Dryophytes. You're, you're kidding. Nope. Hyla <laughs> are no longer in North America. They pulled a Pantherophis. God damn it. <laughs> but Dryophytes was the name that was given to that group before the name Hyla came out. Oh, okay. So, so you know, that, that'd be appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, awesome. Dryophytes was used, you know, I don't know exactly what year it was, but I think late 1800s. Yeah. Or so and then at some point it got renamed into Hyla. Um, and now that they have determined uh, that Hyla is basically old world only. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially a Pantherophis type deal, yeah. except the 
and this is why Amel wanted to be in southern China. So on the Korean Peninsula, you have um, four species of dryophytes. So kind of like there's that one plethodon that uh, was found in the K Korean Peninsula. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. You know, all the other plethodons in the world are from North America only. Right. Same thing with these four species of dryophytes. Yeah, and it's see like you go to a, a an, an an archaic rationale of Alaska and Russia being connected, and it's so close, and like it kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? Yep. The so. the land bridge. Yeah. 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 That's Baron cool. Land bridge. Yeah. That's super cool. The um, I was so annoyed with the uh, uh, the bufo, like the boof the cane toad clade being broken down and going back to Ranella because we always called them bufo toads and now yeah. you can't and it's funny how the, the name sticks you know and yeah. now I, I try to be a good boy and say Ranella and people look at me like what it's a hunting show yeah I've never been a fan of uh Anuraxiris or whatever the the other bufo yeah, yeah. are as well what, what I whenever a genus is renamed you know, I at least like it to be pleasant sounding to the ears. Um, yeah. You know, when we uh, a friend and a friend of mine and I name renamed the Oligodon Ningxianensis. There was so in Shenongjia where I did all my work. There's this one tiny striped snake. Um, in 06, I found like 17 specimens of them, and prior to 06. Uh, only three had ever been found since like the 1980s. Um, and the person that found it put in the genus Oligodon. Right. And when my friend, uh, Wang Xiaohe, uh, said, Hey, you know, I really don't think these guys belong in the genus. You have the most experience with this species, uh, since only three were found in 1980. Um, you know, do you want to put out a paper and, and talk about these guys? So, That's you know, awesome. I had been doing um, morphology look at this genus, this this species with the genus. And, yeah, it's it's blatantly obvious. If you throw up a picture of an oligodon, your standard oligodon, and throw up a picture of a standard Ningxianensis, uh, morphologically speaking, they have no similarities whatsoever. Really? And, um, you know, how it was originally classified as oligodon is beyond me. Uh, maybe the original guy wasn't a herpetologist. I don't know. Um, but either way, when we decided to come up with a new name for the genus to create a new genus, because it's now a monotypic species, it's the only member of its genus. Yeah. Um, you know, we chose Stichophanes. And, you know, I always prefer a, a name that sounds pleasant. Like um, another one that was recently renamed, reclassified. Can you spell Stickophanes for me? Stickophanes, yeah. Can I type it in? Uh, I'll type it in the private chat, right? Will yeah, that yeah. Work? yeah, that'll work because I'll just copy and paste it. And you can pull up pictures. Mm -hmm. Stickophanes. Oh, perfect. Um, so... Uh, Macro, Macropistodon rudis, which is a favorite snake of mine. Uh, yeah, we, we were talking about this. Yeah, you sent me some pictures of a, of a captive that was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So Macropistodon rudis has been renamed 
Sud Agistradon Rudus. So it's also monotypic. Yeah. And which I, you and I were talking about that. Like I understand the whole Sudakistrodon and and you know the the primitive Edkistrod the primitive uh, fish fishing snake fish hook mouth snake right yeah but it's so guttural yeah yeah you know so, what I mean <laughs> Sudakistrodon just doesn't it just doesn't roll off the tongue like it doesn't it doesn't you know Sudakistrodon even though you're adding a syllable even sounds better or if you took out the ag, you know, pseudo-kistrodon or pseudo-kistrodon, that sounds better. But yeah, again, anyway, my, my whole uh, nerd semantics tangent <laughs> on this yes. was the fact that if a, a name is going to be renamed, try to at least make it sound pleasant. Yeah. Don't make it sound awkward because that makes people even less anxious to adopt it. Yeah. I pulled up the uh, the stripies here. Let me oh, yeah, yeah. pull up them. Yep, yep, yep. Those top, that top row is mine. The one with the eggs is mine. The there, there's the habitat shot on the road. These oh. guys were super weird. You know, they only eat snails, and so see that image there with the eggs. Mm -hmm. So she laid those eggs on. Um, like June 30th and in the bag. And so I, you know, I collected specimens. It was middle of June or sorry, late June collected specimens, put them in the bag later that night. I went to take a picture and she had laid the eggs in the bag. And so I moved her into a different bag and there was a male in that bag. And so click see below where you see copulation um, on the right, go to the right, go to the right more to the right oh, yeah there you go yeah so no kidding after laying eggs in late june the male decides to mate with her so now this is wow. like early july wow and i'm like this is weird you know i don't think i know of any species that mates in early july or and right after laying <laughs> or yeah, right after laying eggs yeah, yeah. um so yeah, that, it's it's just a really weird species, really cool. I wrote up a really long paper on the natural history of that snake. Um, but yeah, it's I was so close, you know. The fact that when I found it, I couldn't find it in any books, any popular books. Um, and then eventually, my colleague in Beijing uh, brought this huge. Um, huge book on Chinese herpet fauna and there's a line drawing of that snake. Wow. And so when I photographed it in 06, uh, those were the first um, color photographs. I guess they're the first photographs period of That's that. Awesome. And, and um, yeah. it's crazy that you mentioned that they only eat slugs and snails. snails. Oh, snails. Okay. But they, they probably do eat slugs as well, but snails are their primary, uh, preference so i just pulled up uh duberia from south africa and they're they're slug eaters and like the resemblance is uncanny yeah super short head yeah 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 especially that one on just above that yeah yeah super super uncanny 
You know about that slug eating, um, or no, I think it's an earthworm eating viper, right? Yeah, yeah. What's what's the genus again? I don't know that. It's okay. been a long time since. Let's, let's find it. But he's also has a super uh, short head. I remember that much. And why would a viper eat earthworms? I mean, it's just so weird. Yeah. I think it's a pariahs. No, pariahs is a, is a non-venomous uh, snail-eating species not, in Asia. Not pariahs. It's not with Arm a P, right? Eating viper. I think it's in Africa. Uh, oh, you're talking about uh, Atherocispida? Maybe. The, the hairy one? Show a picture of it. Atherocispida. Pull this up. Yeah, because a lot of people don't keep Hispida because of the fact that they are slow. No, 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 not that one. Okay. Um, let me do a quick search. Yeah, go for it. And would if be I find it, superciliaris, would it? Um, the Protheris now. Type in the name, yeah, on the in the private, and I'll copy and paste. Proatheris. I kind of think that might that might be it. That might be it. Proatheris. Well, I've kept them, and they did not eat slugs, <laughs> so maybe I just got lucky. I think that is it. All right, let me pull this. Um, actually, yeah, I think a friend that... of mine has them right now. I'm trying to steal them from him, and uh, I wow. think I have photos of them on my phone. A photo from him. That's not it, right? Um, I kind of think that is it. Yeah, interesting. But the one image that sticks in my mind, I thought, was a little bit. Um, Ah, oh, this is killing me that I can't think of it. No, you remember two in the morning and text us. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I will. You can do a addendum to the episode. yeah, right? In the cliff notes. Yeah. Anyway, rabbit holes. I'll yeah, right. Go down this all night long until I get it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We don't need to do that now. Hmm. All right. No new comments. Yeah, I'm actually pulling up the photos of my buddy's Proatheris. And uh, I don't know why. It's coming up blurry. You know, I'll send it to myself. That's what we'll do. I feel bad for the people not watching this. Everyone who's listening on their commute to work tomorrow, you're going to have to go on and look at these awesome snakes. So our good friend Kevin Barron, he says that he has one uh, going back to the rhinos. He says he has a pair, and he'd like to see the eye stripe disappear before he calls them that. So, so if he has a pair and they're from Hainan, and their eye stripe is still present, then that goes against the entire 
publication. Okay. Because the publication tries to say all specimens from Hainan don't have the eye stripe. His are still young, though. Okay. Okay, like a, a year old? Uh, in that ballpark, I believe, yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah, that would be interesting. Like I didn't even know have all the patterning and stuff. I didn't even think about a ontogenetic change from juvenile to adult. But, yeah, that would be interesting. Oh, yeah. I just sent uh, those photos of the uh, superciliaris. So let me pull them up. I'll share these because these are a little more, I don't know, a little clearer. There's too many windows open. Yeah, I'm afraid what to do anything them? because of my internet <laughs> connection right now. <laughs> yeah, has this been uh, something happening recently? The internet issue. I don't know what's like. We've been getting a lot of rain and stuff, and that's the only thing I could think of that that has any effect on it. But I I don't know. Hmm. It could be Streamyard. It could be a combination of both. I don't. It's been really rough lately. Yeah, I the short head is what makes me think it's the case, but man, I swear I remember a very popular uh, of one eating a worm. Barbari? Uh Adenorhinos Barbari. Ah, okay, okay. I think that's it. That that might very I well be it. I forgot about those. <laughs> I forgot those yeah. Yeah. The, the, the other hairy bush viper. <laughs> Let me pull that up real quick. Thank you, hen dog. Always coming in clutch. <clears throat> yes, 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 yes. That's the one. Super, super short head. Like even more than pro atheris. Yep. Yeah. This image right here is what. I'm trying to think. What were those always a dinner rhinos? I thought those were something else. I thought they were atheris for the longest time. I don't know. I'm gonna send you the link that I am looking at. That and that one. Man, crazy small head. All right, let's see if it if I ask it to open a new tab if my internet crashes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly the yep. Those things yeah. are just odd. Yeah, and those were the ones that are supposed to only eat earthworms, at least I had heard. Um and yet they're vipers. I mean, again, why does a viper need to if you're eating earthworms, why do you need hinged front fangs? It's just odd. They are very... That head is just so short. It's like non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. It goes from neck to nostril in just a few millimeters. Can you guys see and or hear me? Yes, I okay. can. Uh, yes, my, my screen I went did, blank. I did go to Marshall University. 
Really? You're Joshua Stover. And I did have classes with Dr. Polly. Yeah. Dr. Polly, he's my, um, he was my uh, master's advisor. Uh, I was there from, I started in January of 09 and I graduated in December of 10. Dr. Shore. So, I don't know. You weren't in Dr. Polly's lab, were you? Joshua Stover. And he might have just been in a different class that we had together. Oh, well. Art History 110. <laughs> um, let's see. How do I... I'm going to take a quick restroom break. So I'm going to mute and turn off video for go for it. Two yep. minutes. Yeah, my screen's lagging out too. I'm trying to get it going. All right, be right back. Oh, his wife Tabitha graduated in ten and still in contact. Tabitha. Well, I graduated in ten as well. So yeah, I mean, I was there in twenty. 09 and uh in 2010 small world very small world of course it always is especially in the herpetoculture and herpetology world it gets smaller and smaller um oh oh all right i have horrific internet down here in south carolina so where everyone's struggling right now i'll be right back well as Doc takes a break, I can show that friggin' Viper, finally. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is now, because like the last couple of shows, it's been like any time we tried to pull something up, it caused it to have a like a to struggle. Yeah, and I actually i I was wondering if it was when because I know you and Jake were doing a couple Saturday things. I thought maybe it was Saturday bandwidth was you know, choked out because people were going, you know, partying on Saturday or something, but clearly a Monday night show uh, is also doing it. <laughs> so. But yeah, man, I could have sworn these things were in Atheris at some point. It was either that, or maybe they were pro Atheris as well. Um, yeah. Cause super silly ours is monotypic now, right? Yes. Let me try and... Uh, What's that second picture to the right whoop. there? Second picture? This one? Right. Yep. Is that one of them? Yeah, that's, that's one of them. Oh, wow. It's just, it's just dirty from the bush. Hmm. Man, look at that range map. Stunted Ophriacus. Yeah, right? Dude, that range map is tiny. Yeah. Look at this. The world's rarest viper. Wow. Yeah, some asshole holding it. Yeah, we do not condone free handling. No one's ever been bit by it, so how could back in it be? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. The rarest viper in the world. Probably no antivenin. And I'll be the one guy to get bit by it. Yeah, right. As I pose for this photo. Exactly. I mean, that little bastard is adorable. Don't get me wrong. Super Look at that. Like, that little guy's just sitting there hoping you got a worm for him. I'm trying to find the um, 
trying to find the uh, the check website so I can get the synonyms. Uh, synonym rolls. The synonym rolls. All right. All right, I'm back. Excellent. Anything change? Uh, so I did get kind of distracted. I did want to kind of um, uh, brag up on Dr. Polly for a couple of seconds. You know, when Joshua mentioned Dr. Polly, um, for anybody that doesn't know, he is an amazing person, an amazing herpetologist. Uh, right now, I'm helping him with his second edition of the Herps of West Virginia. Um, man, as far as an advisor goes, he was almost like a second father. He was just the kindest, most awesome advisor I think I've ever had. I remember there were several classes when uh, uh, my friend Nate and I would be in um, seminar class. And if this is around the time when Lost, the show Lost, if anybody ever watched it, um, was kind of in its peak. And we would be in seminar and, you know, Dr. Polly would look at his, uh, his watch. He'd be like, you know, we're running a little bit late. He's like, Oh, sorry guys. Loss is going to start in 30 minutes. You know, I need to get home and, uh, watch lost. And, uh, he would invite Nate and I to his house every night that Lost came on and we'd, his wife would cook dinner and we'd all watch lost together and discuss it, you know, theories and be confused. Yeah. yeah, yeah, be confused. But I mean, that was what was so great about it is just having theories about what's going to happen next. I mean, ugh. I think Lost was one of the first shows to actually have that kind of um, aura around it where you have theories and speculate and what's going to happen with this. And I don't think prior to Lost, I remember any other show that would say, you know, previously on blah, blah, blah. And it would do a recap and I just, the early years of Lost, I love so much. I was not a big fan of the finale, but that's just me. <laughs> it's It reminds me of that movie, uh, like This is 40 or something, and the little girl is watching Lost on her iPad the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally found the database website for the synonyms, and it was originally Atheris Barbari from Loveridge, 1930, and then it went to Adina Rhinos Barbarai in 1965. It stayed that way for a while, then went back to Atheris. And apparent, according now, it is Atheris as of 2018. So, how? That's Wait, him. Hold on. No, I don't. I, you're you're looking at the reptile database. Yeah, the the check site. Yeah, reptile-database.org. I call bullshit, and unless um, it's just not updated. But yeah, it was. Uh, no, he he stays up to date like every week. Yeah, yeah. It's got Atheris Barbari twenty eleven. Got to be exhausting. Yes, it must. <laughs> but no, you're right. Uh, it's currently Atheris Barbari. Yeah. Because but, clearly, that's that's a dead on relative of Squams. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> that's weird. 
Who I knows? Saw, some of these species, oh, I see them and I look at it, and they're probably like, you know, we don't really have anything else to lump this into. Like, it kind of looks like Atheris. Sure, why not? In my oh, opinion, yeah. this is an example of the genetic hand going way heavier than the morphology and the natural history hand. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it should be. It should be equal parts, equal pairings, but that's just pure genetics, I guess. Well, now I got to find the most recent paper. <laughs> because, I mean, uh, I don't know. Like, well, it has the pattern of a, of a runwayensis. You know, so you have something like that that's so significantly different visually, morphologically. And then you'll take something that is extremely visually uh, distinct, like um, the rat snakes, eastern rat yeah. snakes, and say, no, they're all the same. There's no distinction. It just... Taxonomy is a lie. I don't get it sometimes. Big taxonomy wants you to believe... So according to Wikipedia, take that for what it's worth, uh, blah, 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 future research will show whether a Barbarai should be moved. Oh, now Phil's uh, cutting out. Oh, God. Huh. This is what he gets for trying to look things up while we're doing this live. And maybe that hurricane is hitting Florida. I don't know. It's in Puerto Rico. Uh-oh, he's froze-froze. Yeah, that's significantly uh, longer than normal. I wonder if he's even aware. Hmm. <laughs> so aside from the, the Jordani, is Xanthamella still a thing? Yeah, yeah, well, okay. So yeah, this is another big uh, issue I have with most taxonomists, is most taxonomists don't believe... Um, subspecies should exist you know most believe everything should be at the species level and we shouldn't even try to do it anything below that so yeah. um for example those that uh hainan rat snake mm -hmm. you know the hainan uh, rhino i could say oh yeah i can see how that could be a subspecies of the rhino rat you know a a hainan locality specific but for it to be as distinct from the mainland rhino rat as it is distinct from, you know, Goniosoma oxycephalum. Right. You know, it's not the same. Those two are significantly different. The amount of difference between the mainland version of the rhino rat and the Hainan Island version of the rhino rat is extremely minute and by having a species level designation means that those two are as distinct as oxycephalum is from yeah Bolivar. yeah i don't it's just i don't know it's strange i mean i can understand the argument for not having subspecies but at the same time i guess there would be special cases where you have like an extremely isolated population that has become its own thing slowly over time but it's not so different or it's just not there yet. Yeah. And, and, and that is literally 
the situation, yeah. So sure, Hainan Island is you know separated, not by much, but it is separated. And so yes, in ten thousand years, chances are that population of the rhino rat will be significantly more distinct if it's still around. Mm -hmm. uh, will be significantly more distinct than the mainland. So, you know, there are some people that argue every single population of an island should be their own thing. So that means, you know, all the species on Key West should be their own distinct species. All the species on Big Pond Key should be their own species. All the species on yeah. uh, Little St. Simons should be their own species. Because, you know, eventually you're not having any more genetic flow from the mainland and they will adapt to their local conditions. Mm -hmm. And as long as you have genetic isolation, then, yeah, you're going to get a new species over time. Um, but, yes, right now, I think most people recognize the three subspecies of Jordani. Xanthomelis, Melanus, Melanus, Melis, Xanthomelis, um, Beretti. And the nominate, Jordani, Jordani. And and Xantho Mellis is the one that I'm most familiar with. And, you know, it's gorgeous. And I love <laughs> it. And Real that's, familiar. You know, that's the one that bit me. <laughs> I should laugh. I just... It, it, yeah. Special place in your heart. Yeah. So give me... Uh, I, I should get a tattoo of the snake instead you of really just... You really should. You really should. The, the Beretti uh, are cool looking, man. They're all cool looking, but... Did it cut out? Was I talking over you guys when it cut out? No, you just uh, no. You were talking about looking at Wikipedia and then you stopped. Okay, good because I went on. A, I read a whole paragraph, <laughs> and I'm looking at the other screen, and I was like, "Well, this is Wikipedia. Take it with a grain of salt." And then I flash back over, and it's just a black screen. And I was like, "Oh shit!" So yeah, uh, I was like, <laughs> "I wonder if he's even aware that he's." Oh no! And then it literally kicked me out of everything. Something went wrong. We're sorry, freaking Streamyard. I hope you're listening. I'd like to file a complaint. Is yeah, there you a, definitely need a Jordani tattoo. Yeah, is like, is there a what's the differentiating factor between those three? Is it a range thing, or is it? Uh, you know, primarily pattern is significant. Um, what's kind of weird though? So I haven't. You know, I'm working on book number two right now, which is the Venomous book, and I haven't really. I've done my rough draft section and right now i'm still in the gloidius section so i haven't gotten mm -hmm. to to do my fine tuning of the protobothrops yet um so it's not clear in my mind off the top of my head what the main differences are morphology wise obviously visually uh beretti and xanthomelis are easily distinguishable my confusion that I need to do a deeper dive into is the difference between Jordani Jordani and Jordani Beretti. Um, apparently, it seems like Jordani Jordani is probably the least common of the three subspecies. Hmm. And I mean, I guess that that can happen. You know, typically when you think of the nominant species, you think of it as being the dominant species, the most right. common but uh, that's not necessarily the case, you know. Whoever found the very first Jordani, I guess Jordan, maybe. Um, I think it was Gunther. I think Gunther described it. Um, you know, he just might have described the 
from the location where it's really rare and just got lucky. Mm-hmm. Glodius is another one you don't really see much of. I feel it seems like I don't know what year is it? It's 2022, like. 20-ish, inside of 20 years ago, I think there seemed to be more people, I guess, keeping them at least a little bit. Maybe not some of the the Chinese stuff, but I don't know. That's another one that you just don't hear much about or see much about anymore. So um, what I tend to do whenever I end up doing these books is prior to doing the books, I end up making what I just call little pamphlets for myself. Mm -hmm. So I have a a pamphlet on the Jordan I complex. And, you know, it's essentially a mini book just for myself. And it, I just go over every single Glodius species and man out in um, the middle East area, there are some mm-hmm. really pretty Glodius uh, Glodius Caraganus or something like that. Let me, uh, hopefully the spell check will Caraganus Glodius Caraganus pull up the image that i'm thinking of oh wow yeah those guys are i'll just send you just type in this on the google search and go to images oh boy those brevicata yeah not brevicata that one intermedius oh there's like yeah half these i'm not even familiar with i know like blomhoff eye has always kind of been like the sort of the flagship one for what people think of when they think of yeah it's like the original it was the i think the type for the genus it's the type species so sidecar while you pull that up i had to go consult the biblical texts yeah (laughs) the visser book ah yeah 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 nice nice so there's an amazing uh illustration of the different jordoni subspecies in contrast okay i'm gonna try and hold it up to the to the camera Okay. Okay. So, I mean, Xanthomelis is obvious. And then Jordani, Jordani, and Beretti are still yeah, obvious. Beretti are on the far left, right? I, I was assuming Jordani, Jordani on the far left and Beretti in the middle. I always thought Beretti were the darker ones, but I could be completely wrong. Yeah. Xanthomelis is this one with the, with the red, obviously. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then you've got Beretti's in the middle. Okay. Okay. Oh, man, I can't wait. I, so I ordered that book last night. I can't wait to get it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, man, it is it's it is literally the biblical text. Nice. So, for those of you who Which want to know about that? Asian pit vipers, oh, yeah. Asian pit vipers. Yeah, with this I need to stop uh, being poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so copy and paste the uh that name there I sent in the private chat and then uh, take a look at the images and throw them up. I mean, is that not a pretty Dude, That gives my oh, bear yeah. a, a run for his money. Hands down. An orange viper? Yeah. And I always thought it was really interesting how this genus was almost like this odd sort of amalgamation of like a Kistradon and Vipera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to bring up too when we were talking about the uh, the striped snakes earlier. Um, now I can't remember the damn name. Uh, 
Stickophanies. Yes, Stickophanies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, have you seen the Protobothrops elegans? That's a natural stripe. Mm, no. Now, now we're talking mimicry. Uh, Let me click on this. your little. Oh wow! Like that is just. Oh. Oh yeah! Look at that thing. That thing's killer. Freaking gorgeous. Here, here's so my friend uh, Jin Song, the same guy that discovered that new um, rat snake. Mm -hmm. uh, he discovered this one. Gloidius is probably he is probably the Gloidius expert in the world. I think. Nice. And um, he discovered this species, which only eats uh, moth larva. Really. And it's beautiful. So type in that one into the search. Rubro. Rubro maculatus. How do you how do you figure out that it only eats? Larva? I mean, he, he he. I think he found DORs and he dissected them and just found the only stomach contents has ever been found inside them is uh, moth larva. Wow. Oh, that's odd. Very different from most gloidius. Wow. Wow. It looks fake. Yeah, man. Like, it almost doesn't look real. Like, look at that. Yeah. Very, very what? classy. Super cool. And what I also loved about his approach is he would not um, sacrifice any live specimens. He only used DORs for his... Um, uh, for the for the specimens that are used to describe the species, that's great. Yeah, I mean it's sad that he had that many DORs that he could do it, but <laughs> still. But I mean, at the same time, is that any sort of indication of as to how well something is doing in an area? If you see a ton of DORs, does that mean that that species was rather successful? I would, I, I would think so. I mean, if you have a whole bunch of DORs, and that means the population is pretty um, dense. Mm -hmm. um, whereas you know, if you never see a single DNR DOR, then uh, you're not going to find very many specimens, probably outside of the oh. into the natural area. Yeah, but yeah, I think so. For right now, I don't remember exactly, but I think the Gloidius genus in China uh, is around 22 or 24 species of Gloidius. Wow, just wow. in China. He he described two more this year. Uh, I know did. Lateralis was a new one. That was mm -hmm. a recent one that I remember. I reposted that on the the THN page. That's just killer. Oh, yeah, that's that's one that my friend Scott is trying to find right now. Like as we speak, he's in the mountains looking for that species. Is that in China too, or is yeah, that something else intermediate, more, more yeah, westernly? No, Intermedius is uh, northeastern China. Well, the Dick Visser book is from 2015, and there's only 10 Gloidius in the book. So <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Wow. Jesus. Pretty awesome how much they've accomplished since 2015. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, um, about 10 years ago, yeah, Gloidius was mostly, I was going to say, maybe five or six species. But, yeah, ever since... Jin Song started getting involved. He's been finding them all over the place. Yeah, man, that bandit, it's incredible. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, they are oh, essentially yeah. the uh, you know the copperheads of Asia. Yeah. So originally, when I started Phylo- doing this, uh, do I? As they followed genetically, I mean, how far off are they from Akistrodon and Dinakistrodon? Uh, I think pretty significant, but still, you know, same body plan, same. Yeah, niches. well, it's just wild. You see that face and you see that head and sort of the patterning. Yeah. And I mean, the scalation yeah. is obviously fairly different, but like yeah. that is just a that's an Akistrodon face without a doubt. Of course. I think they were renamed in like the 1970s. Or no, it might have been the 1990s when they got Glodius. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can't remember what I was thinking about. Oh yeah, on, on to the left of that image right now is one of those Karaganas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, look at that! It reminds me of like a tiger rattlesnake for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's got that going on. And of course, you know, the, the Shudau Ensis, Gloidius Shudau Ensis, is only found on Snake Island. So, okay, uh, erase Rubro Maculatus and type in S H E. Yeah, that one right there. And so these guys, they only live on Shudau, which is. Literal translation is Snake Island. Shu <laughs> is snake. Dao is island. Um, and so these guys are bird eaters, just like the uh, San Catalina rattlesnakes on our west coast. Yeah. Um, that's all they eat. They, they only eat twice a year when the birds come in on the springtime for their stopover migration. You know, the snakes are in trees. They gorge themselves on the birds, and then they feast on them again when they come for their fall migration, the birds. That's awesome. Does that mean they're tiny? I actually don't know their maximum size. I mean, it's in my book, but I haven't. uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar enough to recall it off the top of my head. I I love any Snake Island population. You know, there's a... Yeah, there's... There's a tiger snake population of, um, I think it's Atter, Notechus. Yeah, Notechus. Atter. And yeah, most of the guys are, most of the specimens there are blind because all the seagulls essentially peck the eyes out of the, of the tiger snakes. But of course, they still eat all their babies. Yeah, I remember uh, Dr. David Williams did a whole, uh, I don't know if it was Animal Planet or they did a, they did a show on him going to the island and finding the because I'm pretty sure they're also melanistic and uh yeah finding tiger snakes yeah. on the island with, yeah, all, with no black. eyes yeah. that's right um yeah they are yeah i think otter is um maybe latin for black it's not latin for blind <laughs> oh no to send to deliver oh yeah uh black dark Dark colored. Yep. Yeah, so Henry is talking about um, Protobothrops flavoviridis, which is um, in Japan, except he's referring to a specific island locality. Let me copy and paste that. Yeah, it's Okinawan, right? 
Uh, I mean, I was in Okinawa. Um, and I, I saw, the Club of Virtus specifically, I think, is, is Okinawan, I, I, right? I kind of thought they lived in more than just Okinawa. Okay. Maybe they only live in Okinawa. Okay. Okay, well, if they do, yeah, then it's just... Yes, Protobothrops flaviviridis is a beautiful Protobothrops. Um, here, I'll type in. It's just... Chiang uh, Chinensis. I'm, yeah. sure I'm pretty sure they're the second biggest next to... Uh, well, I mean, Mangs are Mangs, but prior to Mangs being Mangs, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they're the biggest. They are the longest. Um, okay. I think the the one in Okinawa that I saw the museum specimen was 263 centimeters. Oh wow! Um, 263 centimeters to feet is 8.6 feet. Um, and that specimen had wow. uh, five kittens in it. Whoa! And the other thing that makes these guys. They're they're essentially a nuisance, um, protobothrops, because they're they're all around humans. So they're you find them all the time around people, and they cause a lot of bites. And the Snake Bite Institute in Okinawa is where they do a lot of protobothrops flaviviridis research. Hey, uh, Smitty, do you mind backing out? Because Henry sent me a picture that you guys are going to want to see. So. Let me pull this up. This is the Flavivertus locality that Henry was trying to get us to find. Okay. Kumajima. Hi. And I, I, I feel like Henry showed me this picture before, but this snake is unlike anything I've ever seen. Hold on. Is this one of his personal specimens? No, this is someone he knows over there. Okay. Yeah. My God! Ooh, yeah. Oh my God, that's gorgeous. I said it once. I'll say it again. Henry Martinez, the hen dog, coming in clutch. <sighs> wow. I mean, that's that's a crazy looking snake, right? It's so beautiful. Incredible, absolutely incredible. So, what's also kind of crazy about Japan is they do not protect any of their venomous snakes. Really. Yeah, no matter how rare a venomous snake might be, because of the fact that it's venomous and therefore dangerous to people, they are not protected. Wow. So, so why like, don't we um, have more of them. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't. I don't know. Uh, like uh, Tocarensis, the yeah. Protobothrops Tocarensis, I love so much that I want to find. Yeah. I was because I'm I'm part of the. The IUCN um, has a Viper specialist group, and I'm a member of that. I'm in charge of the East Asia section. Nice. And I wanted to try to reach out to some Japanese contacts about the conservation of some of their more rare Vipers. And they're like, no, sorry. Uh, vipers are venomous and dangerous to humans. So therefore, Japan doesn't give them any protection. Wow. So that seems a little bit insane don't you think so what you're saying is we're going to start a tokarensis breeding program we should somebody should i'm 100 game and flavoviridis 
I don't know if I'd be so game. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't wanna, I'm short. Remember that. <laughs> 8.6 foot uh, yeah. predator drops. Yeah, right. Oh, geez. I actually had a, uh, a Marine friend who was stationed in Okinawa in the mid-90s, late-90s. And yeah. uh, he wound up finding an old armoire like in someone's garbage and he converted it into like a makeshift vivarium and he kept one in there and uh it obviously was not allowed in the barracks and it got away from him and he went to grab it and right as he was going to grab it they were all like attention someone's coming in the room and he got bit and let left it underneath the bed and then he was like sweating in pain while they're all like doing like their oh. bunk inspections and he's like, I got bit, got bit by a snake. And they're like, oh, my God, take him to the hospital. And he never told them that he was keeping it. <laughs> yeah. So. Shout out to whatever the new uh, Cryptolytrops genus is. I still use Tremosaurus. Yeah. yeah well, now too they're Crestodocephalus Too many. I appreciate the attempt to rhyme with those two names, but. That's so, and this is also annoying me with um, taxonomy and whatnot. It was also simple when it was just Trimeresserus. Yeah. Um, have you heard of subgenus, subgenera? Yes. Okay. So, because of all the things that people are doing nowadays in taxonomy, a lot of people are trying to introduce subgenus, subgenera, more frequently. So this is, you know, you would call this trimacerus, and then the subgenus would be macrolepis or cryptolytrops or whatever. You, you get where I'm going. Yep. Right, right. And then you have the species name. But, okay, if you do that, you still have three names. You have your genus, your subgenus, and your species. It's not actually solving anything. No, right? I mean, you're just you're just you're just shifting it up a level, basically. And it's just uh, why fix what was not broken type deal. India and China, top of my herd yeah. lists. India, I've never been to India, but man, I want to go quite bad. Macrolepis, though, is legitimately one of my favorite species of all time just because they look like freaking Transformers. Wow, those large head scales are so Yeah, weird. yeah. It's like the veins of a leaf. Really bizarre. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Phil and I were talking about uh, mangrove vipers the other day, which are amazing and also not in China. So that's another species I've always wanted to find. Yeah, man, I, and I can't speak highly enough about Henry. You know, he, he put me in contact with some people in Sumatra, and when when he wound up bringing over some king cobras and some other stuff, we I finally got my my black perps. And going down the rabbit hole of like the natural ecology and like where they live, and it's not what you think at all. And just the crazy mangrove estuaries and. Uh, it's it's actually fascinating to find that there's not a similar species in like on the on the the coast of China. You know, I, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure other animals like 
Hague and I or whatever, you know, use that same niche, but there's not a lot of mangroves in China. Um, so you think it's too far north? I think so. And even on too- sort of the, the western, like southwestern side, closer to to Thailand and uh, Vietnam and Laos. And Vietnam, as you get closer to the Vietnam, you should get more mangroves. But the majority of eastern China is rocky. The mm-hmm. the the beaches, like you don't really have sandy beaches. It's it's more um, like the Keys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, the Keys have lots of mangroves, though. Yeah. But, um, well, I was referring to the, the fact there's no beaches. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's so weird. You go to the Keys, you're like thinking, oh, beaches everywhere. But no. <laughs> yeah. Not the case. <laughs> there's a beach. It's made by man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Majority of uh, China shoreline is rock. Um, but yeah, as you get closer to the Vietnam, like nook, uh, you get more brackish and, and mangrove and type like that. Here's um, my trip to Japan. I'll put this in the private chat. And I, so I found one DOR Flavoviridis. It was a juvenile. Uh, let me try to find out where exactly. You got to go maybe halfway down the page to see the DOR. And it was killed that night. Uh, this was like the top species when I went to Japan that I wanted to find, of course. Oh, I see here. I say it was the second most desired snake. The most desired I wanted to find was the um, Ovophis. Okinawan. Yeah, those are cool, too. That's a weird. They are, they are weird. weird. They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff to Yeah, if you're in the Dinodon area, you should be getting pretty close to the uh, DOR. When you go to these countries to do these these field studies and research and stuff, do you ever do, like, this is such a stupid question, but do you ever do any, like, touristy stuff? Like, obviously, you were on the Great Wall doing work, but, like, you ever go to, like, the cliche tourist spots? Yeah. The first time I ever went to Beijing, I did the touristy stuff. And I was like, okay, I don't need to ever do that again. Right, right. Um, um, oh, yeah. you found Johnny Arthurus. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. I was so happy about that. Oh, my why, God. Why are you not showing this, Justin? It, it's on the link. I mean, it's a pretty long link, so I don't know if he can show. I don't know. I don't know what control you guys have with the. I'm trying. To... Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. Slow loading. Um, so yeah, a lot so, of internet right now. Usually, I'll do the tourist stuff either the first time ever, and then never again, or um, I'll just hit up the the herp side, and then on a future visit, I'll be like, okay, I've I've done this all these times, and I've never gone to see the Great Wall, so let's go see the Great Wall. But yes, I do. The point is, I do. Yeah, I figured as much. Eventually, because we all we all have our you know oftentimes delusions of grandeur or or, you know dream trips you want to take, and I always remind myself like you can't go to X, Y, and Z and not see you know 
the Eiffel Tower or, you know, the Sydney oh. Opera House or, you know what I mean? Whenever I do finally make it to Egypt, you know, one of my primary goals, just like one of my goals on the Great Wall is to photograph a snake on the Great Wall. One of my and, and somebody else has already beaten me to this. Um, but one of my goals is to photograph one of those uh, Sahara si sand vipers with the horns. Yeah, Serastes. Yeah, Serastes in the foreground with one of the pyramids in the background. It'd be awesome. It'd be absolutely awesome. So, somebody's already done that, but still. So my point is to try to mix the tourist and the and the herping together as much as possible. It's the way to do it, man. It's the way to do it. Or, you know, like go to Rome and have a Asculapian rat snake on one of the pillars of yeah. the Colosseum or something like that. Yeah, like some some broken old, you know, ancient bricks with like the Colosseum in the background. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, Vipera species, you know, with the Parthenon in the in the background. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, that was the Ovophis right there above. Ah, uh, that was such a the the Japan trip was such a fun trip. I was there for a conference. Oh yeah, that was the two hundred and sixty three centimeter, um, Fleva viridis. But yeah, I was there for a conference. So I was only there for four days. But the herping was awesome. The food was awesome. The people were awesome. Everything. The conference was awesome. It was that's a snake ecology group. Number that's the four. way to do it, man. That's the way to do it. I think you might have passed the uh, the Goniosaurus. Yeah, that's what I was looking at when I first started sharing it. I don't know if I'm on a delay or not, but yeah. I think you are. Office. Oh yeah, there you're getting into that uh, that night that had the goniosaurus. Yeah, there's a bunch of. Yep, there it goes. What is that? So this is one of my complaints. Uh, not to sidetrack too much, one of my complaints about the new. Whenever I put out the second edition of the Rat Snake book, so that guy right there, that's Cyclophiops. Um, which Cyclophiops is that? Semicarnatum? Semicarnata, yeah. And of course, in China, you have Cyclophiops major, you have Cyclophiops uh, dorii, Cyclophiops multisinctus. Well, according to the taxonomists, these guys are now Tyus. What? So, yes. These these green, what is called the greater green... I know. And, and they eat earthworms. The, the Cyclophiops genus eats earthworms. And genetically speaking, they are they belong to the genus Tyus. Hmm. And so, yeah, that's... I'm like, okay, if I include Tyus in the next edition of the book... Uh, oh, sorry, I'm reading the comments. Mike is asking about the pearl mandarin type rat snakes. Um, yeah, they're in the book. Uh, do you, is there anything more specific about them? I've never found one, if that's one of your questions to Mike. I just got some Chinese cave geckos recently, and they're freaking cool. Oh, they are. They are so awesome. 
and Hainan, uh, so there's a Hainan species, um, and they're all over. They're, they're so easy to find, the Hainan. Really? Cave. Yeah, that's what oh, I man. have, or the, the Hainanensis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything is leaf litter. They all look perfect for blending in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's the Ovophis. Okinawensis. Yeah. Essentially a cottonmouth. Those are cooler than a cottonmouth, Phil. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's like a, it, it, honestly, it looks like a brown water snake. You know, with those yeah, 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 yeah. Ge- geometric shapes. And just wait for the new book because, you know, Ovophis, I love Ovophis. And in the China. Now we're talking right here. Now we're talking. Yeah, I know. I know. I also fucking love it. Zemiops. That was so, a species I was obsessed with as a kid too. Everybody is initially until they realize how um, difficult they are. Oh yeah. And you know, one of my projects, yet another project that I wanted to do with them, is I <laughs> Mountain Dew. <laughs> is I wanted to um, I want to do a radio telemetry project with Zemiops. Keep going. Yeah. Now you're getting into the yeah. Keep going a little bit more. You're going to get to that one record setting. Uh, there, that's the one right there. Um, so, yeah, that individual. Yeah, 200 and what's it say? 48? Maybe not. I thought I said 263. Maybe it says 248 centimeters. I see 805 grams. Oh, I thought there was a length. But that's the one that had f- the five kittens in it. Wow. That's wild. 242 centimeters? 2.4 meters. 242 centimeters. Yeah, you're right. Which is 2.4 meters. 2.4, centimeters is 7.9 feet. Okay, oh. so I was a little bit off. Someone had a had a mistake, made a mistake. Yeah, there you get the yeah. So they had they have a ton of specimens. Yeah, man, that one. Keep going down a little bit more. You'll see the uh, somebody pending one. The fangs are just massive. So yeah, they while we were there, they you know put them out on the floor and. We're doing this display for us. It's yeah, not even like a proto Bothrops. It's like a straight up Asian Bothrops. <laughs> yeah, right. I know it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, and if you keep on going down, eventually you'll see pictures of the housing where they basically just keep. Oh, that kind of looks like that one. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and so Protobuthrop's um, elegans, which keep on going down a little bit more. Yeah, these are now invasive in Japan. Huh. And they are interbreeding with... So if you keep on going down a little bit more, I think there's a hybrid. Uh, There's an invasive Mucrosquamatus. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 So this is a elegans and flavoviridis hybrid. 
Wow. Now, how do they become invasive? Just, you know, I mean, they're, they're, agriculture. Because, you know, the majority of um, Japan are just little miniature islands. So, yeah, they just arrive on cargo ships from island to island. Wow. Plane flights. It's kind of amazing that they haven't had stuff like Irregularis show up. Yeah. Given how sort of semi-close proximity they are to Guam. Yeah, there's a king rat right there. Nice. There's a, another obophis little sausage. <laughs> there's another obophis. Yeah, man, they're just so they're like the like the pugs or pit bulls of the. <laughs> they're just such a strange design. Once again. Oh, and there's my tocarensis. I love so. Oh much. yeah. Awesome. Absolutely course, awesome. I also love the melanistic ones as well, but yeah, I mean that's also damn beautiful. There's a melanistic. Oh, there it is. See, I'll take that over your perp any day, there, Wolf. <laughs> well, I found that out the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> At least these guys, you don't have to worry about uh, a brackish environment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the blue on the face. Yeah. So that's oh. how they keep the Flavoviridis for this uh, snake bite institute. So basically, it's, it's just venom research, trying wow. to figure out um, the best way to produce antivenom for the species and stuff like that. Crazy. Do you know if they're producing like a polyvalent or a monovalent? Is it? Well, at least at the time of this um, trip, they were uh, raising up humanized mice if you're familiar with those it's mice that have human genes in them oh i didn't know that so that when you you know inject the mouse with um venom mm -hmm. uh the the immune response is humanized yeah that's wow. some of the graphs of that so the idea is you if you can upscale it then the mice will be producing human antibodies but they're mice yeah so then you can just take off the Climax coffee. Nice. <laughs> Dr. Pepper. Mountain Dew and Dr. Pepper. Those are the only two. Japanese Subway. <laughs> yeah, I love to take photos of American twists <laughs> in different countries. Man, Chinese KFC is way better than American KFC. Really? Colonel, Colonel oh Sanders is rolling yeah. in his grave. It's, um, yeah, the, the, the Chinese KFC... Amazing. Amazing. I'm what glad were, they don't have it here because it? I would eat it so a lot more than American. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, if so you've Mike, ever had Peking duck, um, have you ever had Peking duck? Oh, yeah. Like, have you ever gone to, uh, what's that one high-end Chinese restaurant here in the U.S.? P.F. Chang? P.F. Chang, yeah. So if you ever had Peking duck, so basically at at the KFCs in China, they will they'll give you. Have you ever had a twister wrap from KFC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a it's, like, it's a, like a, a tortilla. Burrito. Yeah, yeah. It's like a tortilla with uh, chicken strips, lettuce, tomato, and whatever sauces, whatever the sauce might be. Well, in China, they have the twister wrap. They call it the dragon twister. So it's the same uh, tortilla wrap. And they put in strips of um, chicken, but then they line it with cucumbers, onion, 
and then the Peking duck sauce. And wow, it's so damn good. Well, so have you you have you had Peking duck in the United States and then compared it to Peking duck over there? I haven't. I've only had Peking duck in China. Okay, I've had Peking duck like in Chinatown, like both. I've had Peking duck in Chinatown, Philly, and in New York City. And it was it's, fantastic. I was gonna say those places it should be pretty close to authentic. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. So yeah, it, it is a very awesome real one. dish. But yeah. All about the food. Oh god, he's uh Dragon Lair, I think, is talking about um that dude's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. He's either talking about either David or uh, what's the other guy? Take, take your pick. <laughs> either David or Rupert. I, those are the only two foreigners I know that do herp stuff, and I think David free handles all the time. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Rupert free handle, but I know David does um, all the time. So Mike Kosicki wants to know about the Pearl Mandarin type rat snakes. Yeah, I wasn't sure what specifically he wanted to know about them. I mentioned I've never found one. Um, oh, just more on them. Yeah, yeah. So um, another friend of mine, uh, a colleague, I don't know him that well. We've only met maybe two or three times at meetings. Um, in Let me pull up the book because I have the book right here. So, if you don't have the book and you want the book, I recommend it. Not just because it's from me, but because it has a it's lot of information. Awesome. Dude, I referenced that thing when I was breeding the Dion's and, and attempting to breed the Bimaculata so many times. Like, I kept going to those sections and rereading them as if some new information is going to magically show <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you'll, you'll see on like, you know, page 123, you'll see some baby, uh, pearl, um, uh, pearl banded rat snakes. Uh, so Ding Lee, um, that's my friend, my colleague. And in maybe around 20, 2017, 2016, uh, he started finding these guys all over the place. And, you know, prior to, prior to that, they had been, extremely rare like i think 1920s is when most were found wow um 1930s but yeah so whatever uh ding lee eventually found the location to find them um and he started breeding them and um he breeds them on a regular basis and so the the juveniles that i have in the book are from him um and yeah based on his uh interactions with the species yeah we now know a lot more not only about the breeding but about where the population uh has been expanded i think he's maybe found three or four new locations from what was previously known that's awesome yeah that's that's awesome on so many different levels too in terms of just like not just the the captive husbandry but just the overall ecology of it where you know we 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 have so many animals that we 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 know what they live in and how they live to a certain extent. And then when we find a new pocket, like we were talking about the mangs earlier, possibly on a new mountain range, that's a big deal, right? 
But when you haven't found something since like the twenties, that's wild. Yep. Yeah. When, uh, last time I was there, I think fall of 19, um, at one of my other locations, I do a lot of research. Wui Shan. Um, I'd never been there in September before. And so I'm, I'm walking the road that I normally walk. Are you guys familiar with the genus Tachydromus? It's a lizard. Mm-mm. I'll it type it in. It rings a bell. I, I think we found some at Strictly's before. <laughs> nice. um, Tachydromus, the Asian grass lizard, I think might be the common name. Okay. I saw it in the private chat. Um, anyway, so I'm walking on the road and I see this uh, Tachydromus in front of me that's solid green, which most are not solid green. Most have some brown and some stripes in them. And eventually, I Which finally. Keep... Well, yeah, all right. So the one I found was uh, Tachydromus sylvaticus. No. Uh, S Y L V A T I C U S. Uh, so go to that solid green one. Go further down. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That's cool. That oh, well, that says dorsalis, but it looks identical. And that might be the Japanese one. Um, but Sylvaticus is also solid green. Oh, well, there is a solid green. Or Sorry, a Sylvaticus. Go up a little bit. He's mostly green to the left. Oh, well, yeah, that too. Yeah. Nice. Um, either way, so when I found it... Um, yeah, I didn't realize the significance of it, but yeah, you see 1928. Mm-hmm. They had not been found there in Wuishan, which is the type of locality, since 1928. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so it was like a 94-year, had been unseen for 94 years. That's incredible. They had been found in other provinces yeah, but still, uh, awesome. more recently, but at that location where the type of locality is, it not been seen since the 1920s. Very cool. It's like yeah. a bronze back in lizard form. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah essentially, yeah. Yeah. Wow, have we been talking for two hours? Wow. We have. <laughs> How awesome are Dion's and Bimaculata, man? I love Bimaculata. I love Dion's. They have Dionys has a lot more variation um, than Bimax, but I also love Bimax. Like I said, it's but, so bizarre because I so I cooled mine down and I know like Lofman was like, you gotta get them cold, cold, which didn't really happen because we didn't really have a cold, cold winter. And so um, I like I've had them together, and up until I don't know, maybe um, about probably two months ago. Like there's this constant racket in that tub and it's that male chasing that female around like crazy. I think she laid one or two slugs at one point. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Like, it's just odd. Cause like we're now getting to the point to where it's supposed to start. Everyone's supposed to start chilling out again. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. Like the Dion's, uh, those were locked up immediately. And then the, the Bimax, like, 
they were much more sort of shy, mostly on the females' so part. Weird. Yeah. I wonder if that's why Dionys are so more um, prevalent, like in China, than Bimax. Like I've never found a Bimax in the really? wild. Um, and yet, you know, they look so similar. Yeah. But Dionys seems to be way more promiscuous. Yeah, they wasted no time. That was the first pairing I put together, and I think within like ten minutes of putting them together, they were locked up huh. and stayed locked up. So, what's um, also kind of weird? Um, so my friend Scott, you know, he lives in Beijing, and he goes to the wall all the time for rat snakes. You know, most rat snakes they for male and male they do uh, combat, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's found mating balls of Dione. Really. Yeah, and yeah, that male he was. <laughs> I put him in there, and it was like he made a beeline. Like he didn't do any cruising or searching around or nothing. He was like, "There she is," and he went straight for her. And hmm. the size difference is is kind of funny. It's almost like ball pythons. Like the females are considerably bigger than the males, at least from what I've huh. seen. And then with the bimax, it's it's the same thing, but even those are even smaller. Um. Because these the pair of Bimax that I have are supposed to be proven. Do you like, do you know what um, province they came from? No, not the Bimax. The female, the the uh, Dion's, uh, Dion's. The male is Siberian. The female is supposed to be Beijing. Okay. And I had a female Siberian, but I lost her. So. Okay. But that that Siberian male man, he is like apricot, wow, orangish pink, just wild. You, you you've probably seen it by now, but the um, in the book you saw the the melanistic Dione. Yeah, yeah. Is that not crazy? Yep. From the Altakai Mountains or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I mean, there's a group on Facebook for them, and it's like seeing what they got over in Europe and just all the like. That's a that, that's the thing that I've I've said it a million times with that species. It's like, how are they not more popular? Like they're small, they come in just ridiculous amounts of colors. They're, they're rat snakes. Yeah, they breed. I at the drop of a hat. I don't give mine heat. I keep them the same way I keep my corns, and they do great. Like, yeah. You know, they have humid hides. The babies seem to really appreciate those, but um, yeah, I mean, they're just mine are kind um, of skittish, but I also don't really mess with mine much. Like my male, especially, he's kind of a prick, but yeah, you know, earlier when I was talking about that one uh, genus that we reclassified, the Stichophanes, uh, Wang Xiaohe, who was one of the co authors on that paper, she moved to Moscow and she married a Russian guy named Sergei something. And he does a whole bunch of Dione and other rat snakes. Mm -hmm. um, and man, I wish I knew who could remember his last name, but you check their Facebook page and just the variety of Dionys they have is crazy. Um, and that's maybe... another one that I wouldn't be surprised as far as taxonomy goes. Like if there wasn't, more going on there than than what we think just given how huge their range is like it's it's kind of like something like that it's hard to believe that it's a, just a singular species when you have something that i agree yeah yeah them. you look at the range the range is massive it's like one of the biggest 
land ranges that exists. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find out which, if I can figure out which Sergei it is. Which is another interesting part about the the Bimaculata because it's the complete opposite. Like their range is literally just restricted to. Yeah. Right. To I know that sort of lower range of the the um, geons and. I don't know. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. They are super close related. And I think um like those, there is a, a an actual like a real difference beneath the surface in terms of like number of chromosomes and stuff. You uh, I'll I'll put this in the private chat. You probably will know this name. So type mm-hmm. in Type him into Facebook and see if um, you're friends with him or not. His his uh, wallpaper is a Boiga. I think it's a Boiga. Pretty sure that's a Boiga. Yeah, I do not know that guy. Really? Okay, I'm surprised. I mean, he does Boiga. He does rat snakes. He does. Oh, he's friends with Bobby Pebbles and Harley. Of course, he is. Yeah, I mean, he likes Boyga and he likes uh, rat snakes. Rat snakes, like that's. So I, okay, I've I assumed you met knew him, but all right. No, but we got twenty three mutual friends. So. Yeah, I got eighteen mutual friends. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, so so Wang Chaohe is um, married him, and and moved up to to breed nice. snakes with him, and so instead of going into the academia range, she went to the captive snake breeding uh, avenue. Whatever works. The dirty, dirty private sector. Whatever works. That's right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take another beer break. Well, I was actually going to say is we're, we're right at that witching hour. There's okay. one. There's just one thing I was going to throw up here, and this is the segue for the next time we have you on when the Damn. Venomous book is wrapping up. Um, because I've, I'm I'm kind of ashamed that we never talked about this snake at all tonight. Oh, boom! Oh yes, there it is. Dinocistodon. Oh my God, they are so amazing, so amazing. So, but yeah, yeah. we'll definitely uh, we'll no, save that for when the book comes out, and we can pr- promote the book as best we can. Yeah, yeah, it's too much to go into right now. I know, right? <laughs> it, it'd be another hour at least. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so that's kind of ominous. Like I'm looking at his tagged photos, and there's one of him with the uh, what's his name, Arslan Valiv. I don't know. And he was this dude that that uh, purposefully got bit by a black mamba on a live stream. And killed himself. As Jesus a Christ! Yeah. Wow, that's rough. That got morbid as real in, quick. He, he as in he wanted to commit suicide. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And that was his technique. That was yep. Whoa. Oof. Wild. Oh. Because he was like a big like Russian YouTuber, like herp YouTuber kind of thing, and I don't. From what I remember, there was something girl related, and he. uh Oh, I think I vaguely remember something yeah. about that. A girl related some sort of breakup, and yeah, he killed himself by snake bite. Yep. 
Whoa. What a way to go. I don't know, man. Like, honestly, if of all the things. I don't know anything about the symptoms for black mimosas. might not be the worst choice. But I know, like, uh, you know, uh, many banded crates, supposedly, you just fall asleep and you don't wake up. But that, but that's a mini banded crate. Black Mamba, I don't know. Yeah, basically, you start to go into cardiac and pulmonary arrest, and then your body slowly shuts down. So, yeah, yeah, you ba- your your heart basically slows down so much it stops. Huh. well, on a lighter note, uh, <laughs> hair, hair doctor, where can people find you? Uh, let's see, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. I also have a YouTube channel. It's just my name. My Instagram is China Herper. And um, my Facebook is just my name. Awesome. So, well, yeah. Can't, can't thank you enough for coming on again, man. Sure. I, it was fun. Yeah, man. Absolutely awesome. Let me know when the next time is. Yeah. Sooner than later. Most definitely. <laughs> Sounds like a Venom Exchange radio if I ever heard one. It does. It does sound like a Venom Exchange radio. It does. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode was brought to you by blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram, blackboxcages.com. And Puget Sound Pythons. Check them out. Facebook and Instagram. Um, I believe they're also planning to bring back the Reptile News Radio soon. Nice. They're in nice. the middle of planning a wedding, so they're, they've been busy. Um, so give them a follow. And uh, we'll be back for THP on Thursday, pending that my internet continues to not play these games. Um, we'll see. So, thank you all. Everyone have a good evening. Thank you. Take good night. Bye.